This podcast is brought to you by Sage Hill, a social impact organization. Our mission is to help people be who they're made to be so that they can do what they're made to do. Find more resources to live fully, love deeply, and lead well at sagehillresources.com. Hey, this is Stephen James. I'm so glad you could join us for this episode of the Sage Hill Podcast. I've got a good friend of mine today on the podcast with me, Kate Prevost, who is a counselor here at Sage Hill Counseling in Nashville. And uh, we're talking about marriage. Um, interestingly, Kate's been married a few years, I think uh, three or three years now. Um, I got to officiate her wedding, co-officiate it with a friend of mine a few years ago. And uh, I've known Kate since she was a little girl, and I've known her husband Todd for, you know, a, a good a good amount of time now, probably over ten years. And um, they have a really sweet marriage. They've got a little baby, and uh, and so we we kind of talk about marriage from the from the passion that she has for marriages, and uh, her perspective as a counselor, but also from her experience of being you know, recently married and my experience of being married for uh, over 25 years now. So hope you enjoy the podcast and can find some joy and laughter in the gift of marriage. Hey, Kate. Hey, Stephen. How are you doing today? Doing well. It's been pretty um, wild over here. Yeah. This house. Yeah. What's been going on at the previous house this morning? Well, I mean, we've survived the stomach bug. Oh, stomach bugs are bad. Second COVID vaccination. That's tough. Did you have bad side effects? The second one, yeah. Yeah. Headache. Yeah, yeah. but now you're COVID proof. Yeah. For a while. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. It's worth both of those struggles were worth going through because hopefully I won't have to deal with them for a long time. And then didn't your your significant other have a, sh- a shoulder surgery? Yeah. My husband has one arm. <laughs> Again, he just had one arm and now he's come back with them. Yeah, with I was arm. thinking this morning of how that could not happen again. <laughs> the doctor was telling me they put a rope from the front of the shoulder to the back of the shirt. There's an actual string in his arm. So I'm thinking, okay, well, if this string can't break again. Yeah. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. <laughs> oh, this aging thing. You're starting to see the the cost of aging yeah yeah 40 years old so y'all got y'all got it going on yeah we so we're in we're in the struggle and we're squeezing in this podcast recording in the middle of a baby nap exactly yeah so we're kind of hoping that baby doesn't wake up (laughs) yeah yeah oh a lot of hope oh it's so fun uh we were uh, Heather and I had a little coffee date this morning in front of the fireplace, um, and her brother had sent her all of our old Christmas letters. So she was reading our old Christmas letters from when, like, the kids were little, and they would say like the craziest things. Like McClare said, "Why, why, why one my finger longer?" <laughs> you know, and then Elijah said. Where in the Bible is the Christmas song? And Heather said, it's not in the Bible. That's a great said, question. He goes, well, where, where's, ter- where's the Toy Story three part? <laughs> so like, it's like, if you actually are re- like, reading these quotes, it's like, that makes so much sense, you know? Yeah. 
and because uh, you watch Toy Story three, it should be in the Bible. Like it's truth. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we That's were it. we were reminiscing about how sweet things were when they were little, and just like reflecting on our marriage and some good ways. I think we spent some time reflecting on our marriage in bad ways, but we were actually sitting by the fire, like reminiscing about the past and dreaming about the future. And um, so I remember when we would squeeze in things during naps, like the holy nap time, (laughs) this child is going to stay asleep for like 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. Oh, and they started giving up naps. It was like, oh crap. Yeah, like, naps are like this little <laughs> gift that God gives you when they're yeah. so little and need so much attention. Do you take naps? I have the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm a big napper. I love I've a nap. Taken naps. Yeah. I, I try to keep them to 30 minutes though, because then the rest of the day is kind of like you got to wake up all over again. I have an app, then we'll get into our content about marriage. We're going to talk about marriage today, but I have an app called Power Nap. Okay. And you you set it on your phone for like a power nap, a recovery nap, which is like longer, and then like a super nap or something. Okay. So you got like a 15 minute power nap. So you can reset everything in like 15 minutes. So And it plays like this soothing like oh, wow. sound and you put it in your pocket and then in 15 minutes, it just kind of vibrates and wakes you up. It just knows that you're asleep because you're still. So I highly recommend the power nap app for those people who power nap. 15 minute power nap yeah I took one yesterday in my office no one knows that but I just closed the door and closed my eyes and power napped it felt great yeah um, good thing we have but, couches in there yes so we are doing this today our topic on the Sage Hill podcast is we talk about marriage right and we want to talk about um, the bicycle the tandem bicycle and the unicycle as a as a model of marriage and we want to talk about um, marriage as a story, and we want to really talk about marriage as a mystery. That's a lot to accomplish. <laughs> so typical of us to just so typical. put that yeah. in 20 minutes. Yeah. So why don't you start? <laughs> no. um, <laughs> so let, let's, let's reflect on our marriages and falling in love with our spouses and this metaphor of when we fell in love, we hopped on a tandem bicycle and we thought it was so sweet and so romantic to ride this tandem bike with each other. Did, did you experience that with Todd? Well, I was kind of reflecting on that when you were telling me about the bicycle thing. And I was like, we might've started on a unicycle. <laughs> like we started in the struggle. We yeah. started separate. Yeah, and it's like we slowly began to fall in love with each other. Y'all fiercely fought for your independence and tried to date. Yeah, you're not going to control me. It's like I'm trying to date you. (laughs) Exactly. We were both judging each other, which kept us knowing each other, which kept us enjoying each other. Uh, So you're trying to avoid each other, so you wouldn't know each other which kept you from enjoying each other. Yeah. So there we were trying to make like unicycles romantic. Which they're not. They're like a circus. No, they're like an adventure. They're like, yeah. yeah. So then, then you got over that and you fell in love. Yeah. I think we like, and I think that has been the case in our marriage. It's like every time our judgment pops up, it's like, 
oh, we're being independent again. And then we have to go through this thing again of putting our judgments down to really be curious and genuine with one another to love each other again, to like really see each other. And I think that did slowly happen for us. I, well, I've been married 25 years and I'm still trying to really see Heather, not through my narcissistic lens of how she impacts me, but who she really is for her. Yes. And sometimes I get a glimpse and Mm -hmm. I'm, and I fall in love all over again. Yes. It's just like a moment. Yeah. And then my narcissism kicks back in and my ego kicks back in. And I think, what about me? How is this relationship serving me? Yes. It's like the notebook. Like she comes out of, have you ever seen the notebook? I have. She has Alzheimer's and she comes out of like forgetting and she remembers who he is. And they have this moment and they dance and then she's gone again. Yes. That does feel like it. That's marriage, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you like, and then you have to remember again. So I have this metaphor of like, we fall in love and we get on this tandem bicycle and it's this beautiful adventure and it's so sweet. And we're like sharing every moment and like, and love and pedaling together. Or love pedaling together. It's like, and we hit some hills and it's like, oh, cute little challenge. However fast you want to go is great, honey. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone starts getting tired of having to lead or someone gets tired of looking at someone's ass all the time. It's so we switch places, we cut a new deal, right? And then we work that out. And then somebody wrecks the bike. We blame the other person for <laughs> throwing their weight around too much or, you know. Um, we don't like the way they breathe while they're uh, on a bicycle. Uh, or sleeping. Oh my gosh. Like if I have to hear about my breathing one more time, <laughs> which some people call snoring, I just call it breathing. Yeah, heavy breathing heavy, loud uh, breathing that, that doesn't bother me. I don't know why it bothers everybody else so much, but apparently it does. It does. Um, it does. It's something. Your husband could snore too, by the way. Yeah, I've, I, I I've literally told him the other night, quit breathing on my face. <laughs> oh, the joys of cohabitation. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so then like, we have this breakdown moment with the tandem bicycle, you know? And so the, the solution is not to take our bicycles and go home. Like I'm going to get back on my own bike. The solution is to cut the bicycle in half and learn to ride a unicycle, which I think is what turns marriage into being masterful is, is we, but it's a whole new skill of like, how do I, how do I do me? And how do I let you do you? And how can we coordinate with each other? But, but unicycles are much more adaptable. They can go in circles in the same spot. You know, like they could do some, they can coordinate and give, give each person more freedom and more creativity in a marriage as opposed to being linked on this tandem bicycle. Yeah, I know a lot of people that would have a lot of feelings about the unicycle thing. Yeah, yeah. I bought a unicycle a couple of years ago because this is when this metaphor no, came didn't. to me. Yeah, yeah. I just gave it to Goodwill. I would pay money. Well, it's hard. Yeah. It's I watched YouTube. That's why people do it at the circus because it's hard. That's why clowns do it at the circus because it's hard. And uh, but it's it's hard. It's hard. 
but it's, you have to like swing your arms really big. Yeah, you fall you fall off a lot, which is frustrating. Um, yeah, it's a different deal. Like the unicycle is a whole different deal, though it looks a lot like a bicycle. You know, and yeah, and so that's kind of been my metaphor for like the arc of marriage of like I show up knowing how to ride a bike, I have to learn how to ride a tandem bike. And then if I'm going to be successful in marriage over long term, I've got to learn how to ride my own ride. Like who's with this other person, you know, and the only metaphor I can come up with is a unicycle. Like that as a, <laughs> uh, is the reason you got a unicycle because of this analogy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, this metaphor came to me and I was like, I need to get a unicycle. Like, and really, I had this picture of like teaching a marriage workshop or something and then come like riding in on a unicycle. And I'll just let that be a picture now. <laughs> let, the, let the metaphor be a metaphor. It's just a metaphor. It doesn't have to beautiful be metaphor. Re- it's just a beautiful metaphor. Um, but what, and maybe you've experienced this too, like working with couples in these different phases, whether it's like engagement or newly married or moving into having kids or moving into like post diaper age or moving into like, like latter school age or adulting kids, which we're doing now, which is, it's the, it, it's the second hardest thing of maybe the first emotionally, but it's the hardest part of parenting I've encountered outside of like diapers and no sleep with multiple children you know um and then there's like this other phase that i hear about and talk to people about with like being friends with your adult children you know as you kind of get old um so there's all these different phases of marriage but i think learning to manage myself take care of my own feelings needs desires longings hope without putting demand on my spouse to fix my life to mend my life Mm-hmm. It has been uh, one of the most freeing and playful and challenging aspects of being married well. Mm-hmm. You know, you started a little bit ahead of that. You st- you got married much healthier than I was when I got married. Like you had done some of your own yeah. work. Yeah, I've waited had- a while. Yeah, like you were like middle aged when you got married. <laughs> middle aged. <laughs> I mean, not quite middle aged, but you weren't a spring chicken. No. And I had, and I knew that I had known things because Todd said them out loud that people don't say in their marriage. Like, I mean, maybe ever, but like at least 10 years in. (laughs) Like, what did he say to you about you? That's the thing. Like he will say, because he's genuine, he will say the things. Yeah. But just like you, like part of the struggle is the wife that I have is not the wife that I want. Oh, right like that's the thing yeah. and he was already saying that like yeah. hey I have all these images of what I thought you would be <laughs> and you're not yeah. them yes and so to hold that in such a small like year wise of like marriage amount of time wise of marriage or dating um oh. that was luckily I had done a lot of work and and the wife that he wants does not exist. Exactly. Like he wants to be married to Jesus with a, with a superhero cape and breast. And like a lot of money. And a lot of money. Just <laughs> fun, baby. Yeah, definitely some fake boobs, maybe. 
yeah like this this fantasy that doesn't exist yeah oh and you i'm, I'm assuming always gentle kind like amy grant like all the time <laughs> hey, he didn't marry always gentle and kind no like i can be super gentle and kind yeah but like also i could be really tough yeah you can be yeah yeah the competitor comes out in you that the division one athlete oh yeah which is awesome that's a great part of you it is so you said that he started even with dating like uh you're not what i really thought i was gonna want like my fantasy you're not my fantasy right yeah but there's also a way that i trust that you're exactly what i need mm -hmm. yeah and he was able to say both yeah and if I would have just stayed in the first part or got caught up about that being about me, like that that's yeah. about me and something that I need to change or just my insecurities, I would have missed out on the gift that he was giving me mm. by telling the truth. Yeah. From the beginning. Hey, what do you think about this idea? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say three or four things and then you like respond. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've come to recognize that it might be really difficult for a person like Heather to be married to a person like me. And I've also come to recognize it's really difficult for a person like me to be married to a person like Heather. Mm -hmm. I've also recognized that it's quite wonderful for a person like Heather to be married to a person like me. And it's so it's such an incredible blessing for a person like me to be married to a person like Heather both and all that beautiful all of it oh all of it it like it just it gets my heart yeah like that's all true and without all of it it doesn't feel real mm. well sometimes i don't want real sometimes i want, I want a my fantasy i want my fantasy oh watch i want peaky blinders <laughs> I want yeah. Tommy Shelby. No, yeah, I, I don't just, want Tommy Shelby to be my husband. No, I but I just want something easy and self-serving. Yeah, easy. Right? Easy. So so let's transition now and go. So we've talked about the tricycle. Or the, really tricycle is kind of what I really want. I want a tricycle marriage. <laughs> a tricycle. It just came out in your subconscious. <laughs> yeah. But let's so but let's talk about because we're kind of leaning into it of this narrative arc if if we see our if we see marriage as a story, right? Um, and and ultimately it, it's a story that leads us to this thing that that you and I call mystery. But but it starts with like bliss, and then immediately we enter struggle, right? Chaos happens, and there's tragedy and heartbreak and disappointment. And it sounded like that happened for you in your dating process. <laughs> happened pretty immediately. Yeah. I think I was so immature because I was 22 and I got married. I was so immature and had so little of myself that I just, I, 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 it took me a while to like really even learn how to tell the truth about. For sure. About how, um, like what a marriage could be, you know, yeah. like I was. I was so invested in trying to live the fantasy of what I thought a marriage was supposed to be Absolutely. that I'd missed, missed out what, on what a marriage could be. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that struggle, I think, like when, when you see couples or working with somebody individually as a counselor and they're talking about marriage, like what are you thinking about as a, as a counselor? Oh, the first thing that comes up in me is like, you're, you are your biggest problem. That's what I'm thinking of. You are your biggest problem in your marriage. So to help them to sort through the mess that's trying to point the finger and and make so many other things their problem. Like if they could be fighting about like the good. So about half the people listening to this podcast just stop listening to it right now. <laughs> yeah. But, right? uh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to hear. Because I want to make in my marriage, that's Stephen's marriage, because Heather's in a marriage, that's Heather's marriage. Like there's like three marriages going on. There's my marriage, there's her marriage, and there's our marriage. Yeah. But in my marriage, I'm my biggest problem is what you just said. Yeah. Now I'm thinking that. I'm not saying that to the couple yet. No, no, but you're thinking that. I'm thinking personally, I'm taking that very personally right now. So I agree with you. And I'm thinking that too. It's like, how do I, how can I help this person or these people come to understand that uh, they are their biggest problem, not their spouse? Yeah, because right? it really is freedom as much as we resist that being the answer. Because I want my spouse to be my savior from my life, like to rescue me from my life. To fix it. Oh. Fix my wounds, to, to fix the thing that my parents couldn't do. Make up for where God falls short. Yeah. Because God really under delivers, in my opinion. Yeah, he lets us suffer. <laughs> Seems to God. appreciate suffering as a, and loss as like normal. Yeah, I mean, I was over the toilet this weekend and I was like, wow, he's just going to let this happen. <laughs> oh, he's okay with it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's, so people come into marriage looking and help, marriage counseling typically. And, and they don't, sometimes they say it, but they often imply it. If you could make jerkwad over here, asshole over here change, then mm-hmm. I'd be happier. And yeah. you're sitting there thinking, man, how do I help these people see that their biggest problem in their marriage is them? Yeah, like have a moment, like what you're saying earlier from the notebook. Like even if it's just a moment in my office where they can see yeah. that they are they're the problem if they can hold their feelings about what they can't get and their feelings about what they can get yeah um inside themselves without putting it on their spouse that there's actually this space that can be present in between the two of them for something to happen uh what can happen that's the thing is like, that's where the mystery begins. Uh, okay. So what you just said, so if, if we will let go of our romantic demands that it's my spouse's job to make my life work. Man, our romantic demands. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then I can, then I can possibly lay claim to there's a log in my eye and a speck of dirt in their eye that my biggest problem is me. Mm-hmm. And then I can, through my clouded vision, actually get a glimpse of who they really are. Yeah. And appreciate them for the mystery that they are, like this 
thing that I'll I can experience but never fully understand then I could be happily married uh <laughs> something's hesitant in in me to say happily married then I could be more married more married yeah yeah I a could, fullness I, there could be a fullness in your marriage Heather was so sweet to me this morning I was like I asked her on this coffee date and that's uh, so sweet by the way it was, I thought it was Talk sweet. about romantic uh, I thought, and she, she met me, she said yes, and so I made us, I made me some coffee, and her some tea, and I started a fire, and we sat there and talked, and she was so present, and I was, I was already on like, okay, what are the 10 things I have to do today, what are the three things I got to do, so I can do the 10 things, she was so sweet to um, be with me, even though I wasn't there, yeah, patience, oh, she was just, just talking and remembering and thinking and dreaming yeah, and being her she's being her and i was she's I was, riding her unicycle she was just riding her unicycle just really cute in her robe drinking her tea you know it's so oh, cute it was so sweet and she was so kind to me to let me not be fully present and not i could feel the blessing of her not judging me for me not being present mm-hmm. you know but really letting the moment be the moment and not demanding of me to be. So I could feel the, that's really love. Like mm-hmm. she wasn't demanding. I'd be different. Yeah. She was meeting me where I was um, and appreciating me yeah. uh, and appreciating her. It was really sweet. And, and the like contempt for what you couldn't bring, could, didn't cloud what the morning could be. Yeah. 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 Oh, I hate contempt. We do talk about contempt. That's a marriage killer. Contempt is the thing. And John Gottman's research says it's the number one thing that kills relationship is contempt. Yeah, I believe it. And, and you and I know that contempt is about shame. Mm-hmm. And so another way of saying contempt kills marriage is my demand that my spouse fix my shame and make me feel better about me and is the, the thing. That they can't. Oh, the hatred that they can't. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that leads to this mystery thing. And you taught me something really special about mystery a couple of weeks ago that has, um, it's been, it's been a really, I didn't know this. I thought I knew a lot of things, but I didn't know this. <laughs> me neither. And it, it has rattled my cage in such a good way. Um, will you share what it is? Cause I think it directly applies to marriage. Like, will you talk, yeah. will you share this thing about mystery? Yeah, so um, was taking a Bible study, and they're talking about the Israelites walking through the desert, and the manna coming down that God would give to the Israelites every day. And the manna, the word in Hebrew, actually means mystery. So the Israelites were actually eating mystery. They knew where it was from. They knew it was from the hand of God, but they what it means. What the actual Hebrew means is what is it? So, so for people that might not know what you just said, let's talk about. So <laughs> that's fair. So that like the Hebrews, the Jewish nation had been in slavery by by Egypt, and they were slaves, and they had 
they had worked their freedom out. They cut a deal. Let my it's people a, free. Yeah. So, thank you. Is it let my people go? It, sure. Let, I think it probably was let my people free. I love that. Thank you. And so they, they okay. got freedom, but they ended up in the desert. They ended up wandering in the desert. Them to the desert. And then they complained. As humans are apt to do, they got their freedom and they complained about it. Because <laughs> they thought they were going to the promised land. Well, they were, but it just, it wasn't on Not their yet. timetable. And so, yeah. So there was this real spirit. This is so much about marriage, right? It's like, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be one way. I got this thing I wanted. And now I have to unlearn all my expectations. Mm -hmm. And in my complaint, like they complained and they wanted some water. So they found some water, got to get water and they wanted some food. They didn't want to have to like work hard for their food. <laughs> and so God said, great. Every morning you wake up, the dew will fall and there'll be this, these magic wafers, like magic bread on all the grass. And you just eat it. And that was called manna. But you, and you're in this Bible study is you're trying to understand the Bible through a non-Western lens. Yeah. Right. Like really understand an Eastern lens, like where it was written. So taking, taking America out of the Bible and reading the Bible for the Bible, which is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Impossible. I would love to do a podcast about it's a podcast about that, but yeah, um, maybe we will. Uh, but I think we'll, then that the other half that already turned us off, the, the will turn, listed will then turn us off. Yeah. So. Let's not talk about that yet. <laughs> um, it's so, so they were eating this thing called, what is it? What so, is it? So God sustained the Jews as they were wandering through the desert on mystery. The thing they fed them on was mystery. Mm -hmm. And their curiosity. So every day I had to, they had to wake up and be curious about what in the world is this? Yeah. Like, and will I now? What, what what do we do now? Will this really feed me today? Is this it? Uh, <laughs> this I want a turkey. I want some meat. And you're giving me a magic wafer. Yeah. Made is of dew. Sustain me. God, is that not marriage? And they can't like we can't go back. We can try to go back. We the slavery. Can try to go back to Egypt. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I mean, how, so many people now that have been doing this work for 20 something years now, I've encountered so many people who have this fantasy of I could just marry somebody different. Yeah. You know, then I wouldn't have my problems. Right. And there are some marriages that, that sadly end and, and actually need to end, sadly. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't change the person's problems with their own problem. Mm -hmm. Right. And in their next relationship, they have their own problems still. Yeah. And they're attracted to the same type of person that creates the same kind of problem. Yeah. Oh, no one wants to hear that. Because you just took away the fantasy. Uh, yeah. If I, if, I was, if I was married to somebody different, then I'd be happier. Then I wouldn't have my problems. Yeah. Dang. So there you no. are, like you could go back to Egypt and be a slave again. Be a slave to my own problems again. Or, or live in the mystery, hoping for the promised land, wondering, being curious about what 
is this? What's going to what happen? What is this today? What is the stomach bug for me? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> what is this? What is this man with one arm who probably hadn't showered in a couple of days walking through my house about? Like, this is it? This is your big plan for me, God? Is like yeah. this? Yeah. Like, like is, lo- this, is this the enemy? That's what I find myself wondering, like, is someone trying to take me down? <laughs> well, I love it. You know, uh, it's a wonderful life when um, uh, the main character. Um, oh, what's his name? George? No, George, George. George was George. George? George, right? What's his last name? Hatch. No, that was Mary Hatch. Mary. Oh, my gosh. I'm so Mary's bad at this. Wife, right? That was his wife. But it was George and Mary. I'm not sure it was George. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> he comes home and he says, Why do we have to have all these kids? Yes. <laughs> Mary. Mary was her Blame name. Mary. He, Mary was her name. Zuzu was the daughter. Right. And then he and then he had the the angel, Clarence. Clarence. Right. Uh, and, and then but I forget his name. That's not the point. The point is he came home and one night and his worst day, he's having this terrible day. And his wife like, did you get the Merry Christmas wreath? He's like, yeah, I got the Merry Christmas wreath. He's like, why do we have to have all these kids? His daughter's like, daddy, help me with this word. And let me play this song for you. They're just so happy and excited being being kids. And he's like, I had this fantasy that if he could build skyscrapers and all this stuff, his life would be fuller. And what he found out was that being loved and being known and the struggles of life is what made his life full. And that was a really wonderful life. George, and really was a wonderful people, life after all. Other people's life around him. Well, you know, the fun part about right now, you and I literally cannot remember this person's last name. And there are people in their car or on their like porch yelling screaming, <laughs> screaming the name. And we're going to get, we're going to get texts and emails. In a, in a week or so when this comes out like it was this how did you not know this thing i could think george clooney but it wasn't george clooney. i know that's the name that keeps going to me george clooney but, but isn't he good looking george clooney George Clooney, and he's still good looking yeah he's, he's had a lot of work done he's oh, had a lot of yeah yeah okay yeah he's that's okay there's nothing wrong with that hey I'm. he, had a, he had a really good foundation to start with <laughs> you know he did he had a nice palette if they were to remake It's a Wonderful Life, George Clooney would be a really good lead. He would. Oh, all right. So uh, you've got a marriage workshop coming up. I do. And so you've got, what's the plan for this marriage workshop? Like it's, not, it's like a long-term marriage workshop. It's not like an event. It's like a process, right? Right, because there's six meetings. Okay. They'll happen once a month on Sundays from one to five. And that's going to be in person. It's going to be in person. But we'll, you'll find a way to make that COVID safe and COVID yeah, friendly. We'll keep our distance. So for six months, once a month, you're having couples meet here in Nashville. Yeah, we'll meet together. They'll be teaching and then there'll be time separate with just your couple or your spouse. Because <laughs> um, that's a whole other workshop. <laughs> your open couple. marriage workshop. <laughs> Yes, that's different. We and don't then support be that. It's so chill. And then group time. So they'll come and they'll be. You'll teach, 
and you'll be talking about marriage. And how long is it on a Sunday? It's four hours. So it'll be one to uh, five. So that's like once a month, deeply invest in your relationship. A big chunk of that is like scripted one-on-one time with your spouse, like conversations and things you're going to have in a supportive environment. That's what an awesome gift to give to your marriage. Yeah. And the fact that it's over time to give you space to actually like work on these things about what is, what is going on? How does this, how does this take root in your marriage and how does this show up? Man, that's all. I think I might, could Heather and I do it? Yeah, actually you can't. Okay. I might talk to Heather about, Hey, will you do this thing with me and Kate? I'm not teaching Kate's teaching it, but like, can we do Kate's marriage workshop? Yes. Marriage, marriage experience. I think it's an experience. Yeah, it'll be an experience. Very experiential. What are you calling it? The marriage workshop. <laughs> the mystery of marriage. The mystery of marriage experience. Uh, that sounds so much better than the marriage workshop. Okay. The mystery of marriage experience. A experience six, mystery of marriage. Experience the mystery of marriage experience. <laughs> With George Clooney. <laughs> oh, that $50 starts when? off if you remember George's last name. <laughs> yeah. it, what does that start? Starts March, the first Sunday of March. And tw- okay, first Sunday of March. And does it meet like the first Sunday? Is that yeah, kind of the every rhythm? month. So the okay. first Sunday of the month will meet. And people can find out more on the Sachel website, sachel.co, sachelcounseling.com. And that's really cool. How much does it cost? It's $1,600 per couple. Okay. So you divide that out by four or six. Right. And it's, it's a few hundred dollars a month for this. And it's cheaper than marriage counseling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For that's sure. awesome. And it's probably more fun because they get to laugh and. Be with other couples. Yeah. Be with other couples. with Yeah. We've got filters and COVID filters and masks and all that stuff. So we will make it as COVID friendly as possible and protective. Yeah. And because we don't want a super spreader event at Sachel Counseling. No, not good for promo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know love you'll be waking up soon. So, Kate, thank you for spending time doing this this morning. Yes, thanks for having me. I hope you have had a good day. It's, I've, I've act, I'm actually leaving with even more appreciation for my wife and for my marriage. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Man, that was fun. Thank you for listening to the Sage Hill podcast. If you want to know more about Kate's marriage workshop, uh, marriage mystery experience, uh, which sounds like a bad album title, uh, you can go to sagehill.co or sagehillcounseling.com and find out more and register, or you can email Kate at kateprevost at sagehillcounseling.com. That's coming up this March and will take place uh, over six months. That sounds like a really rich experience. If you, if you need help um, in your marriage or helping you be you in your marriage individually, please reach out to Sagehill Counseling. We're glad we're here to help. We've got offices in Nashville and Murfreesboro, and we have connections with counselors all over the country that we're glad to refer you to. So thanks for listening and Be well and keep heart. This podcast is brought to you by Sage Hill, a social impact organization. Our mission is to help people be who they're made to be so that they can do what they're made to do. Find more resources to live fully 
Love deeply and lead well at sagehillresources.com.